Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle, and you're listening to the Spooky Hour. Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats, and that's all I got. episode (laughs) 69. You beat me to it, literally. So I give my episode notes titles because I'm a wiener, I don't know, and the title of this week's episode is episode 69, (laughs) our maturity level is very high okay happy monday you guys yeah happy monday hope you had a good weekend that's yeah that's all we have yeah that's all we have (laughs) um we're still in fucking actually i don't know what we're in we're in what are we in we're in Uh, we're not in lockdown groundhog day groundhog day i don't know they like lifted something but nothing's still open and i don't know who i am anymore i i don't know shit's fucking rough you guys i, I yeah that's just like eh. i got nothing that's it nope uh, my mom opened her pool so like at least i have that look at oh, that good fuck news yeah. yay good news <laughs> i'm so excited to go swimming it's just in time it's gonna be like hot as balls this weekend too i know so i'll be at holly's swimming every single day for all of illegally <laughs> that's fine <laughs> worth it uh i love making that joke though whenever i see someone at work with a haircut i'm like did you get an illegal haircut <laughs> and at first they panic as if i'm gonna yell at them and i'm like it's fucking it's fine we're just trying to be anymore. funny yeah yeah <laughs> okay. can't make a joke anymore <laughs> no everyone just gets so worried oh my god i'm gonna go to jail for my haircut <laughs> no, you're not caring. i hate it here <laughs> i must say though like i know a lot of parents are not thrilled on the excite on the uh, announcement but like i think it's a good thing that they kept them out it's oh schools. why put them back for like two weeks yeah yeah like whatever yeah i know it's hard sucks. for the people that don't work from home still yeah which sucks but we're so close though just fucking a little bit longer y'all a little bit longer i hope <laughs> vaccines i hope yo apparently they're it. moving them up there's more good news yeah and our levels for vaccines have gone like we're on par with the states now are we? Yeah. I haven't been paying attention because it hurts my feelings. We're at like 58% <laughs> or something. Nice. First doses. That's exciting. I'm getting really bitter watching all of the like concert announcements and stuff happening in the States. Oh. And I'm like, I fucking can't wait, man. Or my I've got, like, romance in Australia. Like, Listen. The, when they start playing shows and I start to see like pictures from their shows, I might have to kill myself. Like, <laughs> Not to be dramatic or anything. Not to be dramatic. <laughs> Well, Green Day, I was supposed to see Green Day, Weezer, and oh, yeah. Follow Boy, and they actually canceled, and I still don't have my fucking no, money no. back. No, 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 not even. They only canceled Toronto. Yeah. They're playing the whole fucking tour, except Toronto. That's fine, but, like, give me my <laughs> fucking money back. I still don't I've have seen my a, money. Yeah, I've seen a couple bands do that. I'll, like, All Time Low did that. Uh, it is, like, God, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was just stoked because I've seen Weezer like 8 million times and Fall Out Boy's new stuff is shit. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> She's not wrong. It's, it's, disgust- it's bad. Um, but like Green Day, come on, man. It hurts. I it hurts. have never seen any of those people. Actually, no, I've seen Fall Out Boy a bunch, but like you said, the new stuff shit. It doesn't count. Yeah. But yeah, I have a bunch of tickets. I was supposed to see Kill Switch Engage with August Burns Red. I was supposed to see Lady Gaga. I was supposed to see, obviously, My Chemical Romance. I think I had more. I don't even know anymore. I, yeah. They're all over the place. I don't know. I just... (sighs) This is another shitty episode start. (laughs) We won't have anything positive for at least another year. 
Yeah, we're trying. We try our best. Every week we try to say at least one good thing, right? All we have is a pool. That's all we got. Yeah. See, that was a good thing. I yeah. guess we'll just talk about murder, I guess. Yeah. That's that's always that's always a good thing, right? Yeah. Um we'll just so today's up the mood. Yeah. <laughs> um so today's case was purely for my own curiosity. It's kind of like a bigger case and I know I said I wasn't going to do bigger cases, but here I am. Um I've seen like a bunch of people cover this case, but I've never looked into it until Monday night when I wrote this. I was like, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So today we're going to learn about the crimes of Israel Keys. Um, so Israel Keys was the second of 10 children oh my God. born into a Mormon family in 1978. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it explains it all. Um, the family was raised in Utah, but when Israel was a toddler, they up and moved to a remo- remote location in Colville, Washington. They lived in the woods without any, quote, interference from the government or societal rules. They lived off of the land and didn't have access to electricity. See, the- it always sounds nice. Like, I'm always like, man, I would love to, like, live off the land where the government can't find me. But, like, it never ends well. No. Um- <laughs> the government will find you because they like their taxes. <laughs> well, that and um, it usually leads to someone being a serial killer. That's um, yeah. <laughs> during their time in Washington, Heidi and Jeffrey Keys, who were Israel's parents, decided to leave the Mormon Church and moved on to a fundamentalist white supremacist Christian church. Oh. So we are off to a great start. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> I, I didn't even know that was a thing. It was a thing, apparently. Like, like the white supremacist church was like a thing that was like normal back then. <laughs> That's fucking one. That's fucking gross. And two, yeah. like, get your we shit all know, together. Like, we all know our stance on religion. Like, I, whatever, do you. But I feel like if your religion is also racist, like, that's like the worst of them, no? Yeah. Like, definitely. Doesn't it go against everything, quote, God says? Anyways, I should really, like, just not mention religion, but it's not my fault that serial killers all happen to be religious take that as you will if religion Um, wasn't a thing we'd be such a happier place right this isn't this is a rant starting um everyone just follow john lennon legend fuck legend he's got a lovely voice too yeah he does too (laughs) um in the late 90s the family moved across the country and settled near an amish community in maine uh, Israel grew into a trouble child, shocking, and began breaking into homes when he was around 10 years old. He would steal guns to hunt, quote, anything with a heartbeat, which is charming. Um, as That's if that not wasn't like a-, a big sign or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, like, no alarms going off. No red flags, um, nothing. As if that wasn't bad enough, he would often bring animals home alive and then torture them to death. Um, After any arguments, Israel announced to his family that he would no longer be following their faith when he was around 14. His father cut all ties with him right then and there, but his mother still kept in contact. Um, So we are only at 14 years old, and this is already all kinds of fucked up. Uh, In 1998, at 20 years old, Israel joined the U.S. Army. Uh, He actually thrived in the army. The structure gave him, like, a sense of purpose, and he his tendencies or whatever seemed to disappear so he he was one of those people that needed the discipline i guess did he um, did like the, did they know of his history see i thought that you had to like disclose types of things like that when you are in the army but like the amount of again serial killers that have made it somehow into the army makes me think they don't actually give a fuck yeah they probably just like turn a blind eye they're like i didn't hear about that no idea what, you're talking what about. dead animals yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. So uh, he spent time in Egypt, Texas, and Washington. Uh, he was honorably discharged in 2001, which I think that means he just like did his time or whatever, like an honorable discharge. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and he moved on to live on the Macaw or Macaw reservation with a woman he met and would later have a daughter with. Uh, other than one DUI, his life was seemingly happy and quiet. Um, seemingly. On the morning of February 2nd, 2012, 18 year old Samantha Koenig was supposed to open up at work. Uh, she worked at a small coffee shop in Anchorage, Alaska called Common Grounds. Uh, she had closed the night before but failed to show up for her next shift. Her manager called the police to report her missing. Uh, the whole community gathered to search for Samantha, but after several weeks, there were no leads or evidence. Then, seemingly out of nowhere, they got a ping on Samantha's debit card, which they had been tracking. The ping was in Texas, of all places, um, which threw like a huge wrench in the investigation because they were in Alaska. Um, it took the detectives more than a month to catch up with whoever was using the card, and that person just kept using it the whole time that they were looking for them. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like if you steal a credit card, you should just assume that someone's watching you. I don't know. Yeah, you would think, but... <laughs> Um, eventually they caught up, uh, with a resident of Alaska who was driving a rented vehicle around Texas. This man was Israel Keys. He was arrested on the spot and this is where his, uh, story truly begins to unfold. So Israel was in police custody in Alaska in May of 2012 when he confessed to Samantha's murder. Um, the interview is somewhat infamous as police made it public and it gives a look into how cold and emotionless Israel was. Uh, he gave a full account of the events that took place on February 1st. And I think it's like 40 hours of footage that they yeah. released. Like it's like a shit ton of footage. I watched, uh, I watched probably like an hour and a half of it before I like couldn't watch anymore. Cause it was just like, I don't like when they're casual about it, you know, they just don't like, care. Yeah, yeah. It's just, ugh. Um, so I've heard of Israel- this case and it's like, it's, it's fucked. insane. Yeah. It's fucked. So Israel had been stalking the coffee shop for several weeks, uh, leading up to that night. He paid close attention to the staff schedules, learning who was coming and going at any given time of day. Uh, he decided he was going to rob the kiosk as one does. And February 1st was the night that he was going to do it. So this, um, this coffee shop thing was like, uh, it was kind of like a trailer on the side of the road. Yeah. So it wasn't like an actual standing building. It was like just a window that you would walk up to. Almost like um, a food truck-ish vibe. But yeah, yeah, truck. that's exactly, yeah. Um, so at around 7 p.m., he pulled into the parking lot of a Home Depot that was just down the road from the shop. Uh, he sat there and waited in- until closing time before making his move. Uh, he brought with him a coffee mug, zip ties, a headlamp, and a twenty-two revolver, uh, which is not suspicious at all. I was like, as one does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he kept a police scanner on his person too. I think it. I think it said he had like an earpiece that was like the police scanner. Um, so that was uh, to help him plan like a getaway. So if she managed to hit like a buzzer or something, he would be able to hear if the police were coming. Okay. I don't know where the fuck he got that, but good for him, I guess. I was um, like, this is very, very planned out oh yeah and we're gonna find out why in just a little bit um so he walked up to the kiosk placed his mug on the windowsill and asked samantha koenig for an americano when she turned to make his drink israel pulled his gun and told her this is a robbery um i didn't watch this because i didn't want to see it but there is video footage of that from the kiosk if you want to watch it it's very easy to find 
I did not want to watch it. Um, according to Israel, Samantha put her uh, put her hands in the air and looked terrified. He instructed her to turn off the lights and give him all of the cash in the register. She complied. Um, he instructed her to turn off the open sign of the kiosk and then to get down on the ground with her hands behind her back so that he could zip tie them. Uh, he asked her where her car was, to which she replied she didn't have one and her dad was on his way to pick her up. And then he's kind of started to panic there because that was not at all part of his plan. Yeah. Um, he accused Samantha of hitting a robbery alarm, which she denied. Um, he told her about the police thingy in his ear and said that uh, he'd be able to tell if the cops were on their way. He threatened to kill her if he heard anything in that scanner. Um, after this, he stuffed napkins in her mouth and told her they were going for a walk. And then they left the kiosk. Uh, they made it into the parking lot where Israel saw a random Canon camera on the ground, um, and he so was distracted. Like <laughs> Literally, you know like how a, expensive those are. Apparently, it was in like the box and everything. Um, I think in the interview he said that he thought it was valued at like three hundred dollars or something like that. Yeah. And I don't, like, who just leaves that there? Like, um, out of all places, like. And uh, so he stopped to pick it up, like I would too, um, and Samantha took that as a window of opportunity and tried to run away from him. Uh, unfortunately, she didn't make it very far before Israel caught up. He was now really angry, so he pulled the gun and threatened her life. Uh, apparently, he like shoved it into her ribs and was like, don't you fucking do that again kind of thing. Yeah. Um, she complied the rest of the way across the parking lot as he led her to the truck that was in the Home Depot parking lot. Uh, he instructed her to act like she was drunk, so it would appear as though he was helping her home if anyone saw them. Like, he told her to stumble around and stuff. Um, so they got into the truck and drove away. And of all things, along their route, they were stopped at a red light beside a cop car. Oh, my um, God. Samantha allegedly stared silently out of the window. Uh, Israel said he thought it was, quote, silently weighing her options. Um, but however, when the lights turned green, they just kept driving and Samantha remained silent. Uh, so they pulled into his driveway. He took her to his house. And he's and, like married uh, with a kid, right? Yeah, he has a girlfriend at the time. Okay. Um, so they pulled into the driveway and he realized his plan was absolute dog shit in that moment. Um, he knew his girlfriend Kimberly was a night owl and it was only 11 p.m. So she would definitely be awake. So he took Samantha's cell phone, texted her dad and her boyfriend because she had like missed calls from them. Um, I don't know what he said, but apparently he said something mean like, fuck you guys, I'm running away kind of thing to try to like throw them off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he took the battery out. Uh, so he left her inside the truck until 2 a.m., in alaska where it is cold um he came back when his girlfriend was asleep and then led her to his shed uh he said he attempted to make her comfortable with like a blanket which is odd considering this whole case um i always think it's weird when serial killers like show like a nice gesture it just doesn't make sense to me i mean Um, you could say that but i doubt he fucking did it that's true he is the one that said it yeah so he told her just to chill in the shed until the morning and that he'd figure it out then he reminded her again that he had a police scanner and he would know if neighbors reported any screaming before leaving the shed he tied her to the shed by placing a rope around her neck and screwing it into the wall so much for making her comfortable um but you have a blanket it's fine so yeah the the blankets it's perfect um he went inside and started prepping for a two-week trip that he and his daughter were leaving for that morning oh and you're just gonna Um, leave her in the shed okay 
Yeah. So I'm pausing uh, this story here for a second. Um, During the interrogation, Israel decided to stop sharing his information at this point. He had some demands that he wanted met before he told police what happened to Samantha. Um, He demanded that police stop searching his house and leave his girlfriend and his child alone. He insisted that they had nothing to do with this. Um, And this is like a really scary direct quote from the interrogation uh, from Israel. He said, quote, I don't want to hear anything about you questioning her again. You know, like I say, obviously you have no reason to trust me, but I can tell you right now, there is no one who knows me or who has ever known me who knows anything about me, really. I'm two different people, basically. And the only person who knows what I'm telling you, the kinds of thing I'm telling you, is me. Um, And then the investigator says, quote, how long have you been two different people? Israel replies, quote, a long time, 14 years. But who's so? But who's counting? Um, So at that point in the interview, the police were trying to find out where Samantha was Mm -hmm. um, because Israel admitted to like kidnapping her and all that. But they were like, is she alive? And he was just kind of like, uh, mm -hmm." like he was just being a dick. Um, So they agreed to his demands in order to continue the interrogation. Um, So back to that night in February, uh, Israel asked Samantha where he could find her debit card, which was in her boyfriend's truck. She gave Israel the address and the pin for the debit card. Uh, He then drove to the address, broke into the truck and took the card. Uh, He drove to the nearest ATM to make sure that the pin Samantha had provided worked, and it did, so he drove back home. That's how he ended up with her debit card. Uh, When he returned to the shed, he sexually assaulted Samantha and strangled her to death. He left her in the shed and continued packing for his trip. The family left that morning at 5 a.m. for the two-week-long cruise, and Samantha remained in the shed for that whole time. Yeah. When Israel returned, he drew up an anonymous ransom letter to be sent to Samantha's family and the police. He demanded that $30,000 be transferred into the account connected to Samantha's debit card because he had possession of it. Um, Slight warning here because this is really gross. He propped up Samantha's body and took Polaroids of her to make it seem as though she was still alive and attached it to the letter. That's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. Um, He then dismembered her and drove out to... Oh, I forgot to look this up. Metanuska Lake? Fuck me. I'm so sorry. Where he cut a hole in the ice and placed her body in. So he buried her under the ice in the lake. Um, While doing this, Samantha's father, James, had already deposited the money into his account, hoping it would help bring her home. Uh, Instead, investigators watched as the card bounced from Anchorage to Arizona to New Mexico and then finally to Texas. And this brings us back into the interrogation room in May of 2012. So uh, Israel had finally confessed to the murder of Samantha Koenig, but he wasn't done there. Um, He continued to tell investigators that he was actually responsible for eight murders that were left unsolved or in some, some cases unreported from the 90s. Um, So all this time when we thought that he was, like, living his peaceful life and doing well in the army, he was actually killing people. Um, Israel detailed all of these crimes in over 40 hours of interrogation room footage. Um, As much as I would love to analyze all 40 hours with you, we're just going to do, like, a quick summary here to end this off. Um, So the spark of this confession was Israel's need to confess his double life. Um, So he lived like a peaceful, fulfilling life with Kimberly and his child, but whatever demons were created in his childhood years never really left them. Um, He said he knew from the time he was 14 years old that something wasn't 
quite right in him. No shit, um, Sherlock. What yeah, seriously. Um, so he liked to travel, and he traveled often. And what seemed to be normal vacations were actually him premeditating murders. So Israel would, would travel to various locations and bury what he called murder kits for later use. So these kits were like the, you know, the like giant orange Home Depot buckets, like yeah. the big gallon buckets so he would fill those with items like ropes and shovels and plastic bags and whatever else you need to kill a person uh, and he would then bury them so that when he returned like it wouldn't i don't know i guess he thought it'd be less suspicious if he killed someone after doing that i don't fucking know so um, like i feel like he, he did that so if he killed somebody but then didn't want to get caught like going to the store and purchasing these items right it w- he would have purchased them like months prior yeah that's true i didn't think of that look at you go this fucker (laughs) these kits were found in anchorage washington wyoming new york arizona and other various states across this country they actually ended up digging up uh these murder kits during the investigation so this means that he was not done his murder spree like he had planned more that never took place because of this arrest i was gonna say Um, he's like dedicated to planning yeah um so israel confessed to the murders of bill and lorraine courier in vermont and five other people although he didn't know as many details about these victims apparently um he also confessed to a sexual assault that took place in oregon uh but he let the victim go in this case he told detectives that this assault occurred between 1996 and 1998 along the deschutes river um this girl was between 14 and 18 and israel claimed that this was his first violent offense so that was the one that like sparked his need to kill it was like a callous Um, effect pretty much yeah exactly um four of the five other murders he confessed to took place in washington state and the last was in new york um so israel would travel to these locations dig up his murder bucket and carry out his attacks seemingly at random um there was never really a story as to why he picked these victims they just picked them um so he would pay for his airplane ticket and rental cars with cash so he didn't leave a trail and he never stayed long after the murders and would always return home to Anchorage. Uh, I think he said he would never stay more than like 10 hours or 12 hours or something after a murder. So he would like get the fuck out of Dodge as soon as he could. Um, in a strange okay. twist, uh, Israel told detectives that he only had one rule for his killings. Never kill anyone in the town you were living in. So why did he break his own rule with Samantha? Um, and, and this, the, the, <laughs> I went on like a wondering phase here. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying it just throws me because like he got away with so many murders. And then, like you said, like now this one in his home, well, not his hometown, but where he lives. Yeah. But then also proceeds to use her debit card everywhere. Like it's just asking. To yeah. Be so um, I went on like a wander, a wondering spree here. I asked myself like 10 questions. So like, why did he break his own rule? And could this be why he fumbled so many times during the kidnapping? Like he just, he was going off his script and just kept fucking up. Like he really was just going to rob the place. And then he ends up taking her to his house and he's like, oh shit, she's in my shed for two weeks. Like, I think it just kind of snowballed. He broke yeah. his rule and he, I don't want to say he got nervous, but he just got messy because he wasn't sticking to his script um so in a weird way as always i never like saying this but i think samantha's untimely death ended up saving some other lives because like we said his buckets were still buried out there he wasn't dotten yeah no Um, definitely wasn't so when investigators asked why israel killed his victims he would simply reply why not 
he never gave a real motive for his crimes, but he did say he loved the feeling it gave him and he loved any press attention his killings got, um, especially the Samantha Koenig case, which rocked Anchorage to its core. Uh, and it was on like every news station you can name. Um, so investigators believe that based on his timeline, Israel Keys could have responded could have been responsible for up to 11 total murders. Um, unfortunately, they will never know for sure because he only confessed to the eight. And also because on December 5th, 2012, Israel Keys committed suicide in his Fuck. Alaska jail cell before any trial could take place. Um, the guard responsible for watching him ended up getting in shit because he killed himself shortly after 10 p.m. It was not discovered until the next morning around 6 a.m. when the new guard started the day shift. So the night guard was supposed to be doing checks every half an hour as Israel was like a, a high risk inmate. And he said he did the checks and there's like video footage of him like, but he just like looks through the window and then walks away. Like he so doesn't you didn't like do go in the cell or anything. Yeah. Um, so that was like a whole other trial in itself. Um, so Israel left a lengthy suicide note that provides another glimpse into his broken mind. If that's your thing, it's available to read on oxygen.com. Um, I did not read it cause that's not my cup of tea, but they have the full like original letter up there. I know someone out there would like to read that. So yeah, that's I was it. about that's to ask, f- I'm like, is he still alive? And then you said he wasn't alive. I'll still fight his ghost. I'll do that. <laughs> we will always be down to fight a fucking ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought this is like a you this reminds me of like a Earth. Criminal Minds episode, just like the premeditation behind yeah. it and all this stuff. It's yeah, really fucked up. It just goes to show how fucked he was, like how much, like how screwed up his brain was. Yeah, and again, that goes back to was that his childhood or was he just one of those born, people that was just born, born evil? Yeah, <laughs> we will born never a murder now. Is that a thing? It, I think it is a thing because you always hear those those stories about like, you know, they come from a loving home or whatever. And the mother's like, I just couldn't control him anymore. Like those yeah. stories. But I think, I don't know. I think he's a little bit of both because like he did have a pretty shitty upbringing, I guess. I just, I honestly think we'll, ne- we'll obviously never know. But we have cases where it stems from both. Like we've yeah. seen cases where like they've grown up in like the best homes ever and yeah they just turn out to be shitty people and then there's people that are brought up in shitty homes and turn out to be shitty people so i think it really just depends one of my favorite was one of the first ones we did i can't remember the guy's fucking name now that i'm talking about it um but he he was like abused and raped and like his father like sold him and all this stuff and he he killed someone during a robbery and like he he regretted it for every day of his life like i feel like that's a different like his upbringing caused that but in a different way than like a serial killer you know there's just the human mind man it's we're we're never gonna understand it ever we're gonna keep doing podcast episodes till we do though yeah (laughs) i mean i hope one day we don't have to because then that means nobody gets killed but oh shit yeah i should not get once again this excited about murder (laughs) god damn it we all know what you mean holly it's okay thanks friends (laughs) but should we get spooky now we should but israel keys was and he's like creepy looking too like he kind of he's one of those guys that like looks like a serial killer yeah have you ever seen his picture yeah he looks like a serial killer and i've actually seen the video of the coffee shop I, yeah, I, I didn't watch it. I, I didn't mean to watch it. I was watching a documentary on it, and it, it, it just happened. It. It just happened. So uh, I saw like stills, and that was enough for me. I was just like, oh, I don't like like as into like forensic files and shit. I don't like seeing 
the last moments of people's life if that makes sense yeah like whenever there's like a, a oh we captured her on camera leaving the store shortly before she was murdered like yeah. that, it bothers me i don't know why it bothers me but it does and i know those polaroids are on the internet and i'm like oh are they they are yeah. oh i didn't see that oh yeah. god i don't want to see that no you definitely oh. do not because i'm pretty sure those polaroids ended up being posted in the newspaper oh fuck i want to say they did but i could be i'm gonna google it right now it wasn't posted in the newspaper so i have my mistake but her polaroid was posted and they he put a picture up of newspaper beside her face to show the date oh god yeah and then that was like that's so fucked yeah it was the ransom photo so like but it's i feel so bad for the family yeah i just can't even imagine but i don't i don't like when people fuck with the family like it's bad enough that you've like killed the person but to like then taunt them like that yeah and then they're spending all this money to try to get their daughter back yeah thirty thousand dollars that's not chump change no and especially like in alaska yeah and at that time period too it was the early 2000s yeah even back then money was different than it was now like that's a fucking lot of money like if someone came to me and was like i need ransom money for thirty thousand dollars and i'm like well here's a dollar shit i guess they're dying yeah like like, (laughs) i don't have that nope Nope. um (sighs) but yeah we'll get spooky but yeah had to on that that. sad note (laughs) yeah had to sorry but today we're going to talk about the old alton bridge or better known as goat man's bridge goat man goat man i like this already um so this bridge is like an iron truss bridge which connects the cities of denton and cooper cannon in texas so we both have texas stories today kind of oh yeah we do we did Uh, the thing again we did it uh so the bridge was built in 1884 and it was named for the abandoned community of alton um this bridge was used up until 20 or 2001 where traffic was diverted to like an adjacent bridge that was just like more safe to use um so the bridge is still there lots of people use it for like hikes and i think it like connects to like um the esque the fuck the horse trail i don't even know how to pronounce that word equestrian yes that one. Oh, yeah the horse trails. <laughs> i was like what's horse and starts with e we got there eventually yeah we got there um but it's considered a historic place so i believe it won't be like torn down or anything like that like it's like mm-hmm. considered actually historic through records um so this bridge isn't known for just being a bridge there's definitely something sinister going on there um the bridge is an extreme hot spot for paranormal and it attracts lots and lots of ghost hunters um there is known to be a very demonic presence that lingers around the bridge and the stories regarding the regarding the paranormal here vary f- from like murder to like black magic Ooh, yeah so what legend goes that if you knock three times on this bridge at midnight or even like the the bridge you're not supposed to drive on because it's not considered safe to drive on Mm -hmm. Um, but you can still like drive to it so if you like turn your car lights off and honk three times or knock on the bridge it will summon a vengeful spirit named the goat man so the spirit is said to smell like decaying flesh yum and have uh, glowing red eyes so like it sounds lovely like yeah great time (laughs) i don't I, i never understand like i love spooky things and all that but like 
why does that appeal to people right? let's go knock on this bridge to see this smelly scary thing like, yeah. like why can't i knock on the bridge and have like something pop up that smells like roses like ghost hunting is one thing smelly scary thing is like a whole why? other ball game. like <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't want to go see that um so if you turn off your car lights uh you're supposed to see these sp- um supposed to see these like spooky red glowing eyes in the distance people have also seen a man emerge from the trees but this figure is a man like a man's body but has the head of a goat hence goat man <laughs> it all makes sense now yeah i was getting there <laughs> i don't know what i was expecting but <laughs> it's actually a man with like a pig head it's fine <laughs> goat man um hooves have been heard on the bridge as well like the galloping noise um and also uh, a growling voice is said to be like heard when you're like on the bridge and it'll like growl at you and tell you to get off of the bridge and you know what i would do get Get off off of that bridge yeah (laughs) um so there isn't one account of someone being on the bridge with a friend and they ended up hearing this growl of them being like get off the fucking bridge not in that that words but more sinister (laughs) um so the friend ran away because they're an amazing friend and the other friend was like hell no i'm staying on this bridge so the one who ended up staying ended up being attacked and thrown into the river below they survived but they got thrown below See, I feel like that would be like me and Holly. Like that would happen, and like Holly, would, I'd like, be running. It. Yeah, I'd yeah. be gone, <laughs> and I'll be like dangling off the bridge or something. Yeah. Like this bitch. She left because you're always like the. I don't want to say cocky because like you back it up, but like you're you're the one that wants to like stay and fight. You know, I'm the one like Danielle. Let's go. Let's get out of this situation. You're like, no, man, like, no, I can't, <laughs> can't back down, man. It's the Irish in me. It's just... it is the Irish in you. <laughs> it's just a thing. Um. So people have also said they've seen like uh, a very like sinister satyr. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. So it's basically like this nature spirit um, that has ears and tail of like a horse, but it has like kind of like a man's body. Um, so I was going to say it reminds me of like Mr. Tomness or whatever from the Chronicles <laughs> of Narnia. And that's what I first thought of when someone said that like someone's seen this like creature. Yeah. But then I like looked it up <laughs> And it's like a greek lore and this like it's supposed to be like this god-like creature and it's known to walk around like naked and have like a boner <laughs> <laughs> so i've like completely ruined chronicles of narnia for myself <laughs> and probably for everyone the listening. x-rated version <laughs> like, <laughs> i was trying to tell Stuart that i was like i couldn't even like get my words out because i was laughing so hard i was like i seem like an idiot like why did i google this <laughs> I was like, oh. oh, can you imagine that being like your, uh, if you're like some Greek god and that's what first comes up, you're naked and you're, you always have a boner. <laughs> I feel like, oh no, wait, maybe that's Rome that they're always naked. All the statues are naked. You know, the ones with all the fig leaves and stuff. Oh, yeah. Too far for them. Yeah. We went so <laughs> sidetracked. <laughs> um, but anyway, so this creature is said to be seen as well, but carrying goat heads or like even human heads. Oh, nice. Yeah. So like it seems like a real fun time maybe he's the one who smells like like burning flesh or it would make sense if he's got all these fucking heads on him yeah like disgusting um so some say that satanists were big in the area for some time um apparently a pet store in town had stopped selling cats because they were finding sacrificed cats in the woods near the bridge yeah so some people think the paranormal experiences here attribute to this group summoning like demonic spirits and even opening a portal which could definitely be a thing yeah and there are like newspaper articles on people finding like 
sacrifice cats and obviously oh, in a very awful. ritualistic way unfortunately so yeah. um that was happening near the bridge so that would definitely attract a lot of shit um so now the nickname Goatman's bridge doesn't just come from the the boner greek god or like <laughs> <laughs> he there's two other legends that we're gonna get into um, so the first legend is that of Oscar Washburn, who was a very successful African-American goat farmer. So Oscar was renowned for... Also a goat man then. Yeah. He is a goat okay. man. So Oscar was renowned for providing like quality goats, milk, cheese, meats, hides. Um, according to this legend, Oscar had hung like a sign on the old Alton Bridge that said, and I quote, this way to the goat man. So that's what people called him. Oh. Yeah. So now this was in the 1930s. And unfortunately, the white supremacist group, the KKK, was very prominent in Texas at this time. Um, so apparently this sign pissed off these fuckers, supremacist group, and um, decided one night they would raid Oscar's home and drag him to the Alton Bridge, which they did. Um, yeah. So where they lynched him on the bridge, which is so annoying. And he, like, it's like so he mad. just wanted to sell his goat's milk. Yeah. But that's another rant for another time. <sighs> yeah. We brought a lot of uh, angry subjects up in this episode. We, we both we both talked about a uh, really bad religion, too. So yeah. Look at that. It's not even fucking religion. It's just bullshit. Um, <laughs> Uh, so these people murdered um, Oscar by hanging him on the bridge. And when they did so, Oscar ended up like falling through the rope and then fell to the ground. Or either they had like killed him and then ended up cutting him down. But either way, they went down to the water uh, below to get Oscar's body. <laughs> I did not mean to laugh at that. I meant like because Holly was singing <laughs> River Below before. And then it says Down to the Water Below. It's one of the lyrics in the song. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> So they went down to the water below to get Oscar's body. Um, When they got there, Oscar's body was gone. Oh. Uh, Yeah. He just was not there. Just disappeared? Just disappeared. Um, Apparently, these murderers searched the area and couldn't find him. They ended up, like, freaking out and decided to go back to Oscar's home, assuming that's where he would have went, where they lit the house on fire and ended up killing Oscar's family in the process. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. So now the spirit at Goatman's Bridge could definitely be Oscar as he would be like hella vengeful and i don't blame him oh yeah but some people's theory also said that it could be oscar's wife so that she is actually the vengeful spirit trying to find her murdered husband and children i could see that too i yeah. was gonna i was actually gonna say i hope the whole fucking family's haunting the bridge yeah <laughs> honestly like, i'd be fucking pissed too yeah so another version of this legend which is a little bit different so it dates back to the 1860s where um, some Cooper Cannon cowboys had murdered a goat herder named Jack Kendall. Uh, they hung this man from the tree near a creek or near the creek where this bridge is now located. Um, so the bridge hadn't been established yet, so it was just a tree near the br- near mm-hmm. where the bridge is. So with this legend, apparently he was decapitated and in the process, or decapitated in the process of being yeah. hung. Oh um, God. Ugh. Yeah, however, apparently his headless body ended up rising from the creek bed, which is, they think it's some part, like, type of voodoo, so that Jack Kendall was actually involved in voodoo. Um, And Jack ended up ripping off the head of a nearby goat and replaced his own (gasps) missing head with a goat head. So that's where Goatman came from. Yeah, so this legend, it would explain, like, why people are seeing a spirit of half man, half goat. Yeah. So that's, like... Jesus Christ. 
I, that was a lot. <laughs> that, yeah, right? <laughs> so now Oscar Washburn and Jack Kendall are not found in, in any like historical records in Denton nor in Cooper Cannon. Um, some people say it's just an urban legend and people just name like the spirits to give them a story. Yeah. Um, however, not having any records of names of these murdered victims doesn't make the story not true or valid. We all know like the ignorance that happened in history and still continues today because the world fucking sucks. But these like <laughs> these crimes weren't always reported. So yeah. therefore they weren't always guaranteed to be. Well, and and like w- would he have been documented at that time? Like you would think so. Like if I think if I'm thinking especially with um Oscar since he's like was such a good farmer, it would be like somewhere in some historical records. Yeah. But at the same time, if he's... I mean, I could also see them, like, whitewashing it, too, and just, like, giving exactly. it to someone else. Yeah. Exactly. Because he was African-American, so... Yeah. Definitely do that. Yep. Boo. Wow, but, that was a lot. Yeah. Are we still, there's Is there still more? No, that's it. So that's okay. the Goatman's Bridge. That was a is, roller coaster. Yeah. So the nickname... <laughs> there's so Goatman's many dead Bridge goats. And the old Alton Bridge, but apparently it's, like one of the most haunted places you can go to and it has a pretty brutal backstory i didn't like that no the backstory is really fucking sad i don't know if you've seen um uh what's called the buzzfeed one um buzzfeed unsolved Unsolved. Um, i haven't seen this one yeah do they do the bridge yeah they go on oh no i haven't seen that one and it's actually like really funny so (laughs) he's like what's up goat man it's it's (laughs) funny you gotta go watch it i love them (laughs) <laughs> my favorite one is the viper room that they do because he's just yeah. so fucking excited about it the whole time that would be us it would be us i would yeah. love to go to there one day when we're allowed to travel when travel is not to. illegal yeah we won't get in trouble for it or quarantine for two weeks god damn <laughs> yeah so much for trying to be joyful <laughs> i know and that's but, it man that was yeah that was brutal god yeah, what a week was, i know it's just crazy that we both picked like places that involved Texas and also involved some pretty shitty groups and yeah. religion and yeah. We did the Our thing theme again. of the week is just shitty people apparently. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's like every week. I know. We You're just right. don't make it clear. We're just like <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I guess just come hang out with us then. I guess that's it. We're just going to yeah. keep it short this week. Come chat with us. It's um we're on Instagram. It's a spooky hour podcast. We have Twitter. It's a spooky hour. <laughs> I can't. I'm blanking. I think that's what it is. <laughs> or is it just at spooky hour? I don't fucking know. I don't know either. You guys should know by now. We say it's like 69 times of us saying it. <laughs> yeah, it works. And then the, the email is the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't good. sent us. If you haven't sent us your spooky tales, uh, please do. I would love to do a spooky tales episode. How many? We have like a couple. We have like two or three or something like that. Something like that. But like I would like a nice five, you know, five just feels like a complete number. So two more people. You could be one of those two people. Yeah. Maybe we'll send you something like a swift high five. (laughs) Are those legal? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) From six feet away. Fuck me. Six feet. That's it. The six feet swift high five. Oh, I love that. Well, have a good week, friends. That's yeah, it. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Also, fuck Bye. the leaves. Bye. <laughs>